Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the playoffs. Welcome, everyone, to a never-before-heard episode of Maybe Next Year. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. And man, you are a renegade if I've ever seen one, Frank. The hangman is coming down for the gallows. And you know what, Patriots? You don't have very long, but don't let us get ahead of ourselves. The Buffalo Bills went on the road. Sunday night football flexed against the historic franchise, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who had won six or seven of their last eight games on the road and went duck hunting, my friends. Absolutely just smothered the Steelers in a victory 17 to 10 to advance to 10 wins and four losses and clinch a playoff spot for the second time in three years. It's the first time they've done, they did the clinching since 1999 is one of the many historic aspects of this game that we're going to talk about. Uh, not the least of which that we all went to it. Um, but before we get to all the fun stuff, uh, I just like to quickly thank and reiterate Everybody who um, gave us road pod questions, we did record a road pod. The problem was I downloaded a new voice recorder app that specifically said, hey, easy to share things. It's not. It's from China. I can't get anyone on the damn email machine to try and figure this out. So it's recorded. You'll get you'll get it one day. And it's a lot of fun because we did a little halftime and, and final uh, after the game recording. Um, so look forward to that. But let's go. Um, let's go to the man with the plan first. Scott. Scott's idea was to go up to Pittsburgh. He, when I when I balked at it a little, he pushed, um, and it turned out that it was really the best idea that idea that any of us have had in a while. So Scott, you get the first crack at discussing this football game, discussing putting it in context. However, you want to do it, buddy. Uh, welcome to the playoffs. Yeah, no, I mean it was um, it was it was a fun game. We'll get to that part of it in a minute. I, I think in terms of the football part, uh, you know, I, I think we all, I think everyone kind of correctly pegged this game. Sometimes it'll happen where you'll have like a weird game where it's like, oh, we thought that'd really be a defense struggle, and then it's you know forty to thirty-five in the fourth quarter. And this is definitely pretty much right down the middle of what of the, the the right the fat part of the bell curve was this was this game like low scoring. Um, you know, kind of turnover heavy, uh, sloppy. I would actually go far, go so far as to say, I mean, I think, yeah. I think it was a little tough for us to kind of quite put our fingers on it in, in, as it was happening. But then at the end of the game, you look back and like, there were a lot of dumb penalties and stupid turnovers in this game. And that, that is actually technically what's referred to as a sloppy football game. So, um, you know, it, not, not the bills best played game, certainly on offense. Um, obviously a couple, couple, you know, looked to, you know, just a bit outsides from Josh Allen and a couple obvious drops from Bill's receivers um, that, that kind of hamstrung the Bill's offense um, fumbles from Devin Singletary. This is now twice, not in as many games, but at least in recent memory, since he's taken over basically the starting job, which is, uh, you know, once this happenstance, twice is coincidence, three times is in the military, they call it enemy action. Um, three times is a trend. So he's on two right now. And uh, let's hope there's not a third coming because that that's a bad sign if our workhorse, you know, number one running back uh, and the only viable running back we evidently have on this team 
is not capable of holding onto the ball because that's going to be a problem uh, when we're playing good teams. Um, the less said about Frank Gore, the better. I'm glad he got the record. He's not really a viable running back on this team anymore. Like, so I, I will say, if, if, if LaShawn McCoy, you go by his stats this year, he would be fourth on the Bills in rushing yards. So at least they moved on yeah. from that guy. Another guy not a viable running back on the Bills. Maybe TJ Yeldon is a viable running back, Maybe. but clearly the coaches don't really think of him that way. Um, though, admittedly, given that they had Singletary buried on the bench for the first half of the season, I'm not – well, admittedly, he was injured for some of that. But it took him a while to get Singletary in the lineup, so maybe it's just a bias towards old running backs who can't run. Anyway, um, I'm, uh, I'm not going in depth on the defense. I will leave some of that to Paul. All I will say is – is that, you know, we kind of talked a little bit uh, at various points, I think on Monday, as we were driving back that, you know, how is this defense, is the defense better than it was? And I think I can sum that up and say, you know, yeah, it is. This defense has gotten a little better. I think for me, it's the pass rush that's gotten better and was able to keep Hodges from, you know, to a certain extent, Hodges is going to be on the clock anyway. Like they're going to be yelling, look, you got three seconds, you got to throw it. And that that is responsible for some of those turnovers. But, uh, you know, the pass rush was getting there. They were getting to him, and they sacked him four times over the course of the game. I think that's the biggest difference between the Bills defense now and the Bills defense at the beginning of the season, which which bodes well because you can't get in the playoffs and not be able to get pressure with your front four. And we blitzed more in this game, but we've been, uh, we've been doing it with four as well. Jordan Phillips coming along with nine and a half sacks now, which if you had Jordan Phillips nine and a half sacks in your prop bets in Vegas this year, congratulations you just made ten thousand dollars because i don't think that was going that was uh that was not a that was not one to pick out so um yeah but i'll i'll, I'll turn it over to paul yeah and, and you left off in a good spot with the the defense the difference i think and why they're better is the things you referenced and that's the big plays on defense we talked about the pass rush getting there and the number of sacks they've accumulated they also took the ball away five times granted and you know they took advantage of a rookie quarterback they took advantage of some fumble rooney by the steelers late in the second quarter but this was an offense in the steelers that while they were not a great offense had done a good job avoiding turning over the ball behind uh, devlin duck hodges and so that was an accomplishment for this defense to do that and that ended up winning them this game scott mentioned some of the key players Obviously, there was one extremely key player, which I'll leave to Scott when uh, he gets to three stars, because if this guy's not in three stars, then there's going to be a riot. But there was one key player on defense who did a lot. I thought Matt Milano played really well. I thought Tremaine Edmonds played really well. The front four got the, the pressure. And this is a good formula for winning games in the playoffs from a defensive side of the ball. You generate a good pass rush. You blitz occasionally, generate that pass rush with four, though, uh, a good number of times at least. Mm -hmm. You know, get the, get the turnovers and force some sacks. Offense is a work in progress. You know, one thing I was going to talk about when we talked about the playoffs is how much this team reminds me of the 1988 Bills. It had a lot of good young talent on offense, but was a middling offense by league standards in 1988 and didn't really develop until 1990, despite the fact that they had the key personnel in place. <laughs> Sloppy game. Definitely, you know, Scott characterized it correctly, but the offense, I will say they made the the plays when they had to. That fourth and in six on their first scoring drive and gained the 10-yard completion to Brown. How big is that to keep that drive going so you can get, you know, seven points on the board? You start the renegade drive with a huge, with a long touchdown to John Brown, then you get a an incompletion in the end zone, then a long singletary run, and then a, a, the big third and nine touchdown to of course, Tyler Croft, who else 
on the, on the play that really helped to define the game for the the Bills on what was just phenomenal work by Josh Allen on that that play. So all in all, you know, we pre- I looked at the scores that we predicted for this game. Uh, we we all had the right idea. Frank Bills 16-13, Scott Bills 10 to 6, Paul Bills 20 to 17. So we pretty much foresaw this exact game if you were to look at the average of the scores we we predicted and you take it and and we all thought the Bills would win because we believe the Bills were simply a better team at this point in time than the the current iteration of the Steelers. That proved true and uh Soon we'll be doing a pre uh, pre playoff podcast. So excited about that! Yeah, book it. We are going to week eighteen for sure. Um, I think that if you look at the Ravens game and and this game in conjunction, the Bills' offense was about the same. It feels different because the timely passes uh, and that the Renegade pass, um, where where they basically took cultural appro- cultural appropriation of the song Renegade away from the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, and, and kept it for themselves uh, is great. And it's super helpful. And it obviously is, is a difference maker in the game. Whereas, you know, the, the Ravens game didn't have that because they weren't in the position, but the, the, the bills defense was allowed, you know, were playing a weaker offense and they were able to smother them. So I think that what I, what I'm trying to get at with that is if the bills defense had played better in the, in the Ravens game, or if they get to play the Ravens again, I think that it's not so much the, I, I think this is an offense that's going to be uh, just enough good plays that if your defense is great, they can come up with enough good plays now that they'll win you football games. And I'm not really worried about, we had, had a big discussion at the beginning of the year. Like what's it going to be? Is it going to be, are they going to throw all the time? I've made very, you know, famously clear. I'm okay with a bunch of, uh, turnovers as long as we're scoring points along with those turnovers. That's that's obviously not the team that they are. Right. It, it, Lars on Bills, Bills and Beers agreed with you at the beginning of the season, said he wanted a 4,000-yard season out of Josh Allen, but we're not getting that either. <laughs> no, you're you're not going to get it, and and that's and it turns out that's okay. If, if this team reminds me of anyone, and we I brought this up on the drive home, this reminds me of, in a best-case scenario, in, in Bakota, this would be the best player you could be compared to would be the Ben Roethlisberger's first year as a Steeler, uh, where he had very particular skill set. He could do a couple of things very well, um, but he couldn't do everything. He certainly wasn't a completely polished passer by any stretch. He was sort of a guy who was big and could fight off sacks and keep plays alive. And that to me is Josh Allen. Josh Allen can keep plays alive and he can make some big plays and he's not at all perfect by any stretch but he's also um he has talents he has talents that are uh demonstrable and helpful to this team um and the other thing that i think was important to to note we talked about it a little we touched on it a little was um the the ability of the bills and i said they would do this they would have a better game plan for the pass rush on offense. It wasn't perfect. There was plenty of pressure. It was very hard to score against the, the, the Pittsburgh defense, but it wasn't Baltimore. They were able to, you know, frankly deal with a better pass rush in many ways, uh, more effectively with a couple of the things that they did. 
Uh, they, you know, including completing a deep pass to John Brown, if I could be so blunt, um, as was pointed out uh, by Reza online, who said, see, I told you so. And he got an extra chair shot for me. But that was all right, because he was he was absolutely right. I think that, you know, we were talking what I was trying to convey last week was, you know, just because he hasn't doesn't mean he can't. Well, here was an example where he did. Um, I think that the game turned in a really weird way. It wasn't the turnovers that really the turnovers at the end sealed the deal for the the Steelers and the Bills. But in the beginning, nobody was scoring off of the turnovers. It was the awkward punt. It was the untimely penalty that kept the drive alive for the Steelers and the Bills in the first half. Um, And then, you know, the Steelers had a 10-7 lead, which according to Pittsburgh radio was basically enough that they should have been grinding it out, I guess. I forget exactly what that guy said, but he was called, you know, 10-7 in the third quarter in position to win as opposed to, you know, functionally tied, which is the way I think we all thought of it as like, well, you know, they have the lead, but nothing felt over. It just felt annoying um, because of the Devin Singletary uh, drops and whatnot. Anyway, um, here you are, 10 and four. uh, The Bills uh, beat the Steelers. They're in the playoffs. The division is alive. There's some awkward thoughts about who and what we should, who and how we should rest, if at all, um, which we will uh, get to. But for now, what we wanted to do, I think first, before we get to three star, Scott, let's go ahead and talk about um, I, let's not do a whole recap of the trip, which Agreed. I think some of us would be would be prone to just like launch into. Um, who, who do we mean by some of us? I mean, I, I couldn't <laughs> possibly know which which one might the, that be. We have on this podcast, we have some people who are very good at detail. And I just would love those people to minimize the detail. Yeah, so it maybe maybe someone who's psychologist says they have a tendency to over-explain everything. I'm yeah, sorry. Could, could, I'm could, sorry. Could be true. I'm just look. I'm a heel, right? We're, the heel turn's coming, Paul. I'm sorry. Yeah, I understood. <laughs> I wasn't even really thinking like that. I just was being honest, and then I thought I would make a joke. Anyway, yes, we're not going to recap the whole trip. It was a very good trip. If you get the road pod, you'll get a lot of it. You'll hear all about our adventure in a Pennsylvania rest stop uh, and helping some old women. Um, you'll hear about all sorts of stuff. But we want to talk about the game day experience um, of the of going to Heinz Field um, and, and what it was like. And if I could start, I'd like to say two things. First of all, um, our most not our most recent, like the, the Redskins game and the Bills game were our most recent games. But if it was, I was worried it was going to be like Baltimore. And Pittsburgh was nothing like Baltimore. The fans there were high class. I mean, really, really nice for what you would imagine. There was certainly some heckling and a couple of jamokes that you would sort of, you know, not really think much of. But, like, nobody bothered us. It was really overall like an excellent experience the stadium is great um and i had a a great time i think pittsburgh was a great place to go see a football game i would definitely go do that again um and our seats were very nice and i I think the other thing i wanted to point out was that watching the game live i just haven't watched a game live 
in a long time. It was really nice to see, especially weirdly when the bills were going away from us, you could on running plays, you could really see where the holes were. And on Tyler Croft's touchdown, which by the way, Tyler Croft made a catch and it was an important one. And that was great. Um, you could, I could, he looked a lot more open than he looked on television to me. And it was one of those things that was like really kind of, kind of great. Um, Heinz field, like, Sorry, guys. Sorry, Bills fans. It's like far and away a better place to watch a football game than than the Ralph. I'm sorry. It's not even it's not even really close um, as far as as, as sitting there and, and, and watching the game. But I had a, a, a great time. I mean, Paul, do you since I since I razzed you, let's go with <laughs> you first. I'm sorry. Um, but please, um, you can yeah, talk you, about you, what I talked about or you can you can go to something else. I mean, our hotel was very nice. The yeah, walking every, in Pittsburgh every, was great. Whatever you want to do. Yeah, everything was very nice about the experience. To I don't want to reiterate too much of what Frank said. But again, yes, yeah, some mild verbal and, and very mild physical abuse in terms of having uh, Scott and I had our heads kind of, uh, you know, razzed was, a little bit. when the It was it was kind of what you would refer to as like playful roughhousing from an older brother. But it's actually from a stranger who's trying to celebrate. But in their attempt to celebrate, they are very specifically like, hey, we're having so much fun. Aren't you having a great time? As he knows that you're not having a great time because you're just watch the bills get turned over and he knows he thinks they're going to win. So he's ruffling your your hair. And it's kind of like it's a little bit of a break in the fourth wall, but it's not you know, it's I would not. It's not assault. So I'm not going to the uh, plausible deniability. Right. The well, I was just being I was just being silly. Right. And that was, friendly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that yeah. was the and that was Playful the ribbon. legitimately the worst part of the experience. Yes. And when that's the worst part of your experience, you know, you know, it's been a good trip. Those fans then uh, immediately stormed out after Hodge's third interception and cursed to themselves. Yeah, Every, they did. You, yeah most of the other fans uh, and, and they even weren't so bad except for that. But most of the other fans, very classy. It, it was it was good. As Frank said, I would definitely go to a game in Pittsburgh again. Great to have a downtown stadium, as we've discussed on the pod before. I'm not particularly in favor of those because it's only useful, you know, eight to 10 days a year. And then you add some concerts, maybe a Super Bowl, whatever, maybe 16, 17 days a year tops. But man, on those days a year, it's it's available. It's great. We stayed at a beautiful hotel just under a mile and a half from the stadium, walked there and back, didn't have to worry about dealing with uh, people drinking and driving, and we didn't have to worry about, you know, uh, we we're going to have a couple beers at the game, then get in a car, we were able to just walk back to the the hotel. And just the the thrill of being at an, an NFL stadium. People, you, you know, you the one thing you do lose, you don't see, you know, it's, it's tougher when you're in the end zones to see, okay, what yard line is this player at? You don't have the immediate access to a replay. You might not see, a, you know, you might be the first to see a penalty thrown, but man, you get such a great view of the action as it happens. You get to see all the players, you know, just how, and I, of course, most people have been to an NFL game, so I won't overexplain this any more than I already have. But you get to see, oh, I can focus on Dawkins blocking. What a good job he did there. And I might not notice that. Or I see, ooh, look at how John Brown's pattern is developing. He could get open and Josh should hit him. So that that's a great part of it. Just the atmosphere, especially at the end, once the Bills hit made the playoffs and all the Bills fans heading toward the front rows and going toward the tunnel and slapping hands with, you know, Josh Allen with Daryl Johnson who came over near our section and just the enthusiasm to know we, you know, 
we were here, we supported the team, and now we get rewarded with the first 10-win season in, in 20 years and, and the first playoff berth that they've earned that they haven't had to back into with a miracle uh, in, in that long a period of time as well. So it was, it was really just an exciting experience, an exhausting experience, and one that I don't want to do this weekend again. But, you know, I definitely mm. hope we get a chance to do that at some point in the future and then maybe take more than just one day off after it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have too much to add. I mean, I think they hit a lot of the, the key points. I mean, I think, um, you know, it is a little weird. Um, I'll, I'll say, you know, uh, to me, like a pro football game is always going to be a little bit of a step down from like a good college game. Because, you know, I will, I will say that there is there was a fair amount of like kind of call and response from like the, the, the PA and the stadium music and stuff like, you know, there's longer commercial breaks and everyone's just kind of hanging out. And then the, you know, they, they play the music or they'll, they'll sing a song and people get into it and then it goes away and people come out of it. You know, they get pumped up for third down, you know, so I think the Steelers fans, you know, it is, it is, you know, it is pretty cool to see them do all the terrible towels and stuff, but it's, it's still like a third down thing. It's not like a constant thing. And, you know, I think they do it on their own a little bit, but the, usually it seemed like people were waiting for the prompt, which is fine, whatever it's, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, if you're trained to expect it, then you're trained to expect it. That's, that's not the end of the world as long as the the training continues. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, it was a fun and, and yeah, the, the, the seats were good. So you could see everything. It was definitely, um, yeah. And, and well-designed stadium, nice, you know, bathrooms available, lines, not too long, plenty of places to get beer and stuff. I mean, I assume Frank went to go get the beer, so he could tell me. Yeah, no, it, uh, it took me a minute to find the good beer, but I did find it. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I know. And, and, and it, I would say the other thing I would say is, yeah, like Pittsburgh seemed like a nice town. Like there were not, um a lot of jerk fans walking around the streets or anything like it's, I think I remarked to the guys that it seemed like everyone in Pittsburgh probably has a bills fan. Who's like a, a cousin or like an in-law. <laughs> yeah. They're right. Kind of, they're probably like, well, uh, that loser, you know, whatever. Like, you're not going to like, you're not going to like be a jerk to him. Like whatever. He's a bills fan. Like he's not a threat to you. Um, so, uh, you know, but we were on Sunday. Um, so yeah, so I, I think that was, that was kind of the vibe that I got. I mean, I think obviously if we were, if we were Ravens fans or, or Cleveland fans or something, and we were brain jerks, I think that things might've been a little different. Cause I could see, I could definitely see how things would have been different because I, I don't think there was any doubt that that was a good, I would say there were, uh, there were some, there were, and I'll also say briefly, there were Bills fans there. It was probably, I think we debated either between 10 or 20%, I think is probably the range Bills fans. Yeah. I'd say max 20 percent definitely and then at the end of the game it was it was nice to see the bills fans you know tremaine edmonds was was raising the roof trying to get the bills fans in the crowd to kind of make some noise as hodges was going down the field and it was uh it was you know you could hear the bills fans you know it's still you know five ten thousand out of out of 60 or 65 or i think it was 65 mm-hmm. in the stadium but you know they were but there it was and ten- it's, yeah, yeah. And there was enough people that it made kind of a difference yeah, no, absolutely. It was nice. And then at the end of the game, Josh Allen did a nice little lap around the around the edge of the stadium, uh, the edge of the field, high five in the Bills fans. I think one of the other players did, too. Uh, you know, you saw some guys exchanging jerseys. I know the Edmonds brothers did. And I think the I think the DBs did as well on some of the teams. So it was nice. It was nice to see the whole thing and, and, and uh, celebrate with the boys. It was good. Yeah, the uh, the I don't know how the renegade thing came off on TV. Or if anybody knows, because we've been talking about it, but I guess is it the two minute warning or basically towards the towards the two minute warning? So they like play halfway Renegade. into the fourth, yeah, or yeah, somewhere they play, in there. 
Yeah, it was with 10 minutes left in the fourth before a key offensive series. And they um they play this song uh, from Styx called Renegade, and uh, they get themselves all pumped up, and they turn uh, they turn off all the the um excuse me I just dropped a huge cardboard box they they turn off all the jumbotrons and they everybody jumps up and they sing along and it goes crazy and the Bills smartly had rehearsed. Uh, or not rehearsed. Rehearse is what we call it when it's in, in, in theater. They practiced all week to this song. And when the song came on, they were completely unfazed. And not only were they unfazed, they were jumping up and down like, yeah, this is our pump-up song. And and uh, so that place really got rocking when that came on. They felt like that was like their superpower move. You know, they had geared up for their Hadouken. And Very instead, fair. the Bills literally jumped over it and fucking you know show where you can them right in the goddamn jaw and the the air came out of that place like nothing like it just was it was an absolute kick to the gut uh of everybody there and it was a weirdly if you believe in momentum and the, and the fans given you power and all that well the the bills not only took it but they 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 absorbed it and used it against their own um you know yeah, they did a complete judo flip and, and, and became, you know, super cyan, I suppose. Um, so they they, they kind of killed it. And so there was that was just a nice little atmospheric thing that you probably wouldn't have come across in the game. For our friends at Bills of Beers, our beers were um, were were Goose Island. You got Goose Island IPAs. I had a... At the stadium, a, right? Yep. Yeah, at the stadium, yep. at the bar. I had a uh, Winona's Big Brown Ale. For those of you who are Primus fans, know what that yep. is. And then what did you drink? Uh, I had I had the Evil Genius IPA, which I believe was entitled Stacy's Mom. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was also a uh, there was another one. I believe it was a fashionably late IPA. Is the is the is the name of the beer? I'd forget the brewery that that did it. And I stuck to um, really excellent old fashions at that restaurant. Yes. Um, we did no tailgating. We were complete yups and uh, just sauntered into the stadium right before it started. We had, yeah, we had some lovely, uh, we, Frank and I shared some lovely wings. And, yes, uh, they were tasty. And, uh, and I had some mac and cheese and Paul had some pizza and uh, mm-hmm. Frank had. I went with the else. burger. The burger was nice. Exactly. I said a nice normal restaurant and didn't freeze and uh, stayed warm. So Yes, and the Perkins in Breezewood. Not there anymore, it's just in case anyone was... R.I.P. Oh, I also well, want to thank Frank for tweeting during the game, since I was trying to keep my hands warm. So. Yeah, I was a little uh, I was a little worked up, and I thought we would go for it. Well, we've we've dallied long enough. Uh, let us let us three stars this, so we can get to the the bigger Put picture. Put a bow on it. Yeah. All right, three stars. Honorable mention goes to I think the only Bills receiver who didn't drop a pass on Sunday, Tyler Croft. <laughs> One catch, right. one target, 14 yards, touchdown. Game-winning game touchdown. Game-winning touchdown, a, key, a critical touchdown. And 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 uh, I would say it's one of the things that you need when you're not a super talented team. Um, I think the Bills are talented. I don't think that they are one of the top five most talented teams in the league, um, certainly on offense. Mm-hmm. And I would say that as a result, what you need is that you need everyone who's playing to, like, be the best they can at their jobs on every single play, because if you're not, it's not going to end well. And like Cole Beasley on at least two times on Sunday was not at his best on those plays. 
and dropped some critical third downs. Tyler Croft, a guy who we weren't probably expecting a ton of, uh, a ton out of going into the season. We were expecting even less, obviously, with the injury and then the the Dawson Knox kind of uh, Wally pipping him. But you know now he's kind of on the edge of the number two tight end, sort of depending on what the what the package is. Um, but you know what? He went out there, he ran his pattern, he got open in the end zone. Josh Allen threw him the ball, and he fucking caught it. And God knows we've had plenty of tight ends drop passes in the end zone fairly recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was nice to see. The, you know, again, like it, I could have almost forgiven it if he dropped it. It's like, well, what do you want? It's Tyler Croft. Like he thrown him four passes all year. Like you, mm-hmm. if the game's on the line, and you're throwing to Tyler Croft. Something has failed on top of it. But he he was there. He executed. He's an NFL player. He did his job. Honorable mention. Great job. OK, third star. Uh, but most of the stars are on defense because it was, again, 1710 with seven combined turnovers and like probably about 450 yards of total offense. Uh, Jordan Poyer, four tackles um, with one big interception uh, at the end of the game. Not the final one, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was Levi Wallace on the final one. Yep. Um, but the second to final one, um, a nice one that really should have iced the game for the Bills. Uh, a terrible holding. I mean, you know, a, a, call, a well, fairly called. I couldn't really tell from the replay. But whatever, a, a called hold really, really hurt the Bills and made gave the Steelers a little more life in that two-minute drill, which was a little nervous for all of us because we were definitely celebrating like we were going to the playoffs. And then the uh, Steelers got the ball back with about a minute and a half and no timeouts at about the their bill about the Steelers forty. So that was tough. Um, but uh, they prevailed, and uh, Jordan Poyer was was key in that uh, the whole time. So uh, second star goes to. People I remember, I went to Wisconsin, so those will not be so surprised by this. TJ Watt, um, who had a pretty good game on Sunday, four tackles, two and a half tackles for a loss, one pass deflection, and a half sack. Um, you know, the Steelers defense, again, talented team, uh, talented defense. You know, Cam Hayward had like nine tackles. There was like one one possession where he had like two tackles and a pass deflection uh, in, in a three and out, which is a pretty good, you know, pretty good day at the office, pretty good series. Um, you know, a good Mika Fitzpatrick was was there. Um, they they picked off, uh, you know, uh, Allen on the Beasley thing. Uh, they forced two fumbles from Singletary, one of which they recovered. Terrell Edmonds, the uh, older or the, I think the older uh, Edmonds brother was uh, was in there and, and uh, had like 11 tackles. So an overall good effort from the Steelers, uh, enough to get him a second star uh, with T.J. Watt being the kind of the group representative. And then first star, duh, Trey White. Uh, you know, the only Bills Pro Bowler we would get to later, uh, a future All-Pro, if not one this year, um, four tackles, one for loss, and two interceptions, a huge one. The only, like, boy, I thought he had the angle when he caught that second interception. <laughs> I thought that was, I thought that was seven, and yeah, it was a critical that he did. Yeah, kudos to the Steelers' old lineman who actually took a great tackling angle to force great him out angle. of bounds there. Yeah, and, and Hodges, too, for, for hustling, and kind of, because White could have tried to 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 cut back behind that that running back offensive lineman but the hodges was there kind of bringing up the rear so he would have run right into hodges if he did now who knows if he would have made a tackle but you know trey just kind of trying to get close and get it out of bounds and that cost the bills four points because he wasn't able to get the end zone so again good good hustle from all the teams uh, but trey trey clearly probably the best player on the field on sunday night and uh, the bills needed it they needed every uh, pretty much every bit of it on Sunday, but uh, they got there. So those are your three stars. 
And uh, kudos to Trey White. He got the DWAP for the second time this year. Defensive yeah. or DPOW, the Defensive Player of the Week. Which apparently some uh, some Patriots beat writers are upset about. Yes. Because there was some because they have also nothing better well. to do with their time is why. But yes. Yeah. Well, they could they could dissect what the hell's going wrong with their their damn team. Um, do, we should take a minute. Do you want to talk about um, how good this team and 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 is and and mm-hmm. how you how you feel about this team with, with the playoffs and the possible opponents? Paul or yeah, wanna, I, mean, I think that's important. It's important to to note when, and I think we don't have to go into it for ten minutes, but it's definitely worth mentioning when when the team made the playoffs two years ago. That was it required a Kyle Williams touchdown and, and a game against a weaker opponent, Miami, and then a miracle play by Andy Dalton and the Bengals in a game that was going on on a fourth and eighteen for them to make the playoffs. And I felt like that was the perfect ending of the drought. It, you know, it, it allowed right. them to, you know, there, you saw the reaction videos, you saw the enthusiastic reaction of the locker room, especially you, it was just all of that moment. All of that was able to be exhaled in one moment when Dalton sent Tyler Boyd and just how amazing that was. But this is how a good football team gets to the playoffs. <laughs> you know, we had, we had talked both at the game and on the drive home that, especially after the loss to the Ravens, they have tough games coming up. They barely beat the Jets and the and the Steelers and and Patriots, both winning teams. Um, so you would think, oh, you know, we this is when we would normally talk about. Yep, the Bills will find a way to Bills this, as we used to say, and and really kind of blow this. But instead, none of us really had any doubts. We assumed they would get one of these games. We felt they were a team with a really strong defense, and as Frank mentioned earlier, an offense that can make enough plays in the clutch situation to win games, and that they were that the playoffs were really a foregone conclusion at this point. And I think that's the case. I said I am proud of myself at the beginning of the year for saying this was a good team and that they would finish uh, 10 and 6. I didn't necessarily think that they would be this far along in the process, if you will, at this point, and that the young players would have developed just as well as they as they have. So unlike, you know, the end of the drought, which, again, great moment. That's how that should happen. Like this is, as Deion Dawkins calls, calls it, you know, the new normal. And that's what we have to hope as Bills fans is that they have built this great foundation. They did get very lucky in terms of uh, some early season scheduling, early through midseason scheduling that was not particularly challenging and a roster that has stayed incredibly healthy to get to this point. And so maybe that won't carry into future years, but they've definitely built a great base. And we really hope this is the beginning of them becoming a team like the Seahawks, the Steelers, the Patriots, you know, the teams that every year are in the Saints, teams that every hour are in contention and talked about among the best in the game. I, I really think that this is what is where the team at is now is at now. Uh, you know, I, I think like I was saying last week, I think the long term I'm feeling a little bit better. I mean, I think this is still a, a pretty, you know, this is still a a flawed team this year. I mean, you can say that that's kind of oh, dumb yeah, because absolutely. all the teams are flawed. I mean, you know, the Pats have flaws, the Ravens, you know, obviously lost games to the Browns and then, you know, they, they, everybody's got flaws. I think ultimately I, I'm pretty pleased with where this team is. Um, I think, uh, you know, the, the going forward, I think ultimately this team, um, this team, when you get 
when you're in these games with good teams, and I think that's the thing I've been saying is like the Bills need to be in these games with good teams and they need to win some of them. And that was they did that on Sunday. I mean, I think the Steelers certainly a flawed team, especially with Hodges in there. But they're a team that had won eight games and had been on a streak and were playing well. And they were playing at home and the Bills beat them. And that, you know, the you can say whatever you want. Cowboys, Titans, those those teams are, you know, different teams than when the Bills plays them and the Cowboys aren't that good. But that was to me, that was a legit real win, road win against a good team. Good enough um, for, for me to say that they are they are in these games and winning them. And then it becomes just a matter of matchups. Like the, the Steelers ended up being a good matchup for the Bills because they were similar, it just not quite as good in terms of having quarterback and other, you know, kind of some of the other key pieces in place. Obviously, the Steelers had Smith-Schuster out as well. So, um, you know, I think that's a matchup that works out well for the Bills going forward. Um, I think it's it's tougher to see how they win some of the other types of games. Like if they have to get in a big, you know, shootout kind of game, I don't know if they've got the horsepower to keep up with that. Um, obviously, the Ravens, they were able to slow down enough but the Ravens have that other that that good defense that can that can shut the door as well. Obviously, there's only so many teams that are as good as the Ravens, so we'll see what happens there. But I, you know, I'm I'm pleased where they are right now. Yeah, you know, I think it's kind of hard to be pleased. Wait a minute. Wow, what? I, I'm really sorry. Oh, Do you no. guys hear that? What is that? Someone, someone is coming in to the studio. Oh no. Oh no, it can't be. Paul, get out of here. Uh-oh. It can't be. What the it's lights him. are flickering. It's What's him. Going it's on? it's God's gift. It's the top of the list. It's the styling, profiling, limousine riding, jet flying, wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing, son of a gun. That Mister Six-Time Champion. That four-time Super Bowl MVP. It's that three-time NFL MVP. The fourteen. Woo! 14-time Pro Bowler. Got a girl pregnant and left her. Mr. Tom. Golden Child Brady. And he has got a message for Bills fans. It's just really inappropriate. We're here. We're riding high. Yeah, this is... This, yeah, you're gonna get, you're getting some heat now. There should be some, some massive you, booing here. Well, I'm just gonna sort of, he's gonna speak through me here since I really don't want to do a Tom Brady impression. But just who do you, who do you Bills fans think you are? What do you, what do you think you've done? You've uh, beaten a bunch of nothing teams. You've, you've fallen ass backwards into the easiest schedule in the NFL. You finally beaten a team with a winning record. Congratulations. You know who does that all the time? Me and us, the champion New England Patriots. And you can sit here and you can think that you've done something special, but you've basically done nothing. You've basically beaten up on a weak-ass conference. And just to quote my favorite wrestler, Ric Flair, not mine, Tom Brady's favorite wrestler, Ric Flair, that if you think you're the man, you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. And you haven't beat the man yet. So you can just sit over there and have a little fun beating up Duck Hodges and the Pittsburgh Steelers and your only other semi-important win against the Tennessee Titans. Sure. Yeah. You guys just keep feeling good about all of that. Because come Saturday, you're going to have to get in the ring with the realist. 
And we're going to see exactly what the Buffalo Bills are made of. Yeah, I if I were fine, I would say, I'm, you know, I'm really sorry. Socking it, you child lip kissing quarterback. I'm, I, I, you know, you have beaten all the same teams tape. the Bills have. I've got you on video. I've got you all on video and I'm going to review the tape. Nobody, yes. nobody likes Tom Brady. Nobody likes nobody. Him. And I'm very happy he's left. I'm really sorry about that guy's like that's, just sure that's I came right. in there. That's all and, right. Uh, he makes me angry. It's Tom Brady is smart though for uh, wisely choosing music that is in the public domain so that this pod <laughs> will still go away, be able to air live. I just it's feel almost like, like Tom Brady was inspired by someone who knows trademark and copyright law. That is that is first of all 100% not in the public domain, but I do think it is. A <laughs> Um, and I'm also just going to take my cues from other podcasts that no one seems to give a shit about, like, any. It's diminutive. It's they diminutive. Did. It was very it's diminutive. True. Bills and Beers opens with the shout song every time, and there's yeah, no and they way. they have, like, Johnny Cash and other things in there yes. that I'm like, like, that can't be. There's no way they're paying for that every week. But anyway, um, no, this week's heel turn, I was, I, I didn't want to do one this week. Mine was going to be about Frank Gore. Not so much about Frank Gore directly, but about whoever keeps putting Frank Gore into football games. Um, but I feel like Tom Brady came in and handled the heel turn for the week. Really, really, I just apologize to all the oh. Bills fans who had to hear that. I just thought of a good one. I should have had, you should have started with the Frank Gore one. And then, and then Tom, and then bang, you get hit with the chair. And oh, then no. Tom Brady comes in and finishes it. Paul, if I had the pen, if I was doing the booking, this is what I would have done. That's good. Maybe this. Well, you know, it's an evolving segment, and, uh, and we're gonna get you know, layers on layers on this, people. We're gonna get, it's gonna we're be gonna, good. We're gonna keep it interesting for you all. You know, I'm sure at some point one of you will do the heel turn instead, and we'll, you know, you'll just same thing. You know, you'll chair shot me. All right. Anyway. Well, we're 40 minutes in because we had a really great um, game to review. It's just we never mentioned like the first time in 40 plus years they beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh uh, in a oh, regular. Yeah. Season. Oh, damn. I had that all pulled up. The so first yeah, time first... since 1992 they clinched before the last week. Yeah. Uh, first time they've won in Pittsburgh since the playoffs after 1992. And then you're talking about being the first one Pittsburgh in the regular season in 45 years predates right. all of our existence. Um, and yeah, first 10 win season in 20 years and anything else you're about to mention. No, I mean, I think that was a, a lot of it, you know, with two games to go and and, uh, you know, weirdly, you know, you'd be talking, you'd be basically running, you'd be tied or running the show in any other con in any other division. But we'll, you know, we'll we'll get to that mouthy Tom Brady in a minute. Um, but let's go through some more positive. Let's let's try and pick it up here. Um, the Bills get a play a Pro Bowl starter. Uh, you know who didn't get a Pro Bowl starter? The New England Patriots. Um, but Trey White is a cornerback. On offense. Yeah, that's fine. Um, he's a quarterback. Uh, he's going to play uh, in the Pro Bowl. And there's a ton of alternates available. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds, Andre Roberts, who I guess does stuff. <laughs> he is, uh, he is the NFL leader in combined kickoff and receiving yards, actually. Could have fooled me. Um, Josh Allen, quarterback. He's the third alternate. Uh, then you get Smoke Brown, uh, Jerry Hughes, Frank. Fuck you, Frank Gore. Yeah, I mean, they, that's not, when you know, like Frank hmm. Gore. Frank Gore's is, fine. I'm sick yeah. of him, like clogging up my goddamn. This, this is like Mike Tolbert being a Pro Bowl alternate ahead of Pat Demarco is a fullback. Right. When Jer- Mike Tolbert didn't Hughes, even play fullback for the Bills. Jerry Hughes probably at this point the the uh, no better than the third best defensive lineman on the Bills. 
Uh, Jordan Phillips and uh, uh, and Jordan Poyer. Jordan Phillips, right? Yes, Jordan Phillips. Yeah, got I, it. And that's a, Jordan. It. Okay, there you go. I mean, what I, is if Micah Hyde is not one of the six best safeties in the AFC, strong safeties in the AFC, then I have really, then we gentlemen are living in the golden age of strong safeties in the American Football Conference. This is like the days of having, you know, four Hall of Fame quarterbacks who are playing in the AFC at the same time, the late 80s, when it was Elway, Moon, Marino, and Kelly, and one of them had to miss the football every year. Uh, so I don't know how Micah Hyde is not an alternate. And to me, that's everyone talks about, oh, that Phillips snub. I'm like, at least there's an argument to have Phillips out there because we've argued sacks are overrated before. Milano not being in there is the other one that it bugs me because Milano, who leads, I think, he has what nine passes defended for a linebacker in addition to all the solo tackles he has. Uh, and yeah, it's the, those are problems for me. The rest of it, I'm generally okay with. Awesome. Uh, did we have any bills questions? Brian wanted to know if we jumped through a lawn table. Like uh, yes. some, I didn't watch this video yet, but that was some- our one question. We did not. So that guy, you basically see a guy jumping through the table, like, but he doesn't even really successfully go, uh, through the table on the video, if I remember uh, correctly, when I watched after Brian sent that in. Uh, oh yeah, he, yeah, he, he, Scott, he, he's in his Zubas and he, he foolishly jumps to the right side of the table and lands right where the legs are. So uh, you're never going to break the table there. No. Yeah. Uh, and that's then his friends smart. pull. It. He, okay. The, the interesting thing though is he jumped over the railing from the chairs onto the field into the table and then he got his friends pulled him back up into the stands before presumably um you know he would have been thrown out so no we wanted to yeah we we were interested in attending the game and not being (laughs) we had we had paid money for a hotel we you know we We are old we were very much like can we get our stuff in the hotel and find a nice place for dinner and and then it was warm in the ho- in the restaurant, and so we yeah. were in no rush to go sit outside. And, right. Uh, so yeah. we we behaved ourselves at the at the as older people tend to do. There was one interesting thing on Twitter. I just wanted to share with you guys is is kind of a, a little bit of trivia to warm you up for this day in Bill's headlines when that comes. So per Spot Track, uh, which I use for baseball salaries, but I use over the cap for football. The three AFC Pro Bowl QBs, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, what is their combined salary this year? So Deshaun, Deshaun, Lamar, and Patrick, who are, by the way, the three best quarterbacks in the AFC. So I'm I'm going to say it's like six, say it's like 13 million. All right. I will say, say, um, let's see. I'm going to say $8 million. Scott wins a bit. He's a bit closer. $9.8 million. Uh, Mahomes, 4.1. Deshaun, 3.4. Lamar, 2.3. On the uh, – now, now try and guess the NFC Pro Bowl QB's average salaries this year. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and Drew Brees. $75 million. All right, yeah. Frank. $71 million. You are way, both way too low. Ninety-three and a half million yeah. for those three guys. Thanks. 
Yeah, so it's, it's they call it a tale of two stories. So the AFC is so interesting because right now we've got a bunch of uh, the, the best QBs in the AFC, the biggest up-and-coming QBs, of course, all on their first contracts and really coming through. The big ones in the NFC kind of aging out a little bit. So we're gonna it's going to be interesting to see how that plays into you know the, the future later. But that was, that was not a Twitter question. It was something I spot on Twitter I thought I would share. Breaking-ish news from Twitter, uh, Tom Coughlin was fired. And oh. it's funny because, like, in a season where there wasn't so much fun Bill stuff, we would have talked about that and we would have talked about – we would have spent a lot more time talking about the Patriots filming people again. And and uh, But here we are. There's too much fun Bill stuff to talk about. So. Yeah. Um, okay, well, and this you. day in Bill's history, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, why don't we go to um, – okay, so Ty Nishke didn't practice – Corey legit was limited. Uh, it's a weird practice week anyway. Um, why don't we go ahead and do this day yeah. in Bill's headlines, and then we'll get to that Pat's preview uh, and see if because I've I've just heard from the commissioner that tonight's main event will be Tom Brady in a cage match against Scott's two under five children. Wow. But, All right. But they both get stun guns and Ooh. he has his hands tied i don't know how scott's kids I'm, are with stun guns this could be interesting. i'm not i'm not sure that i'm approving of this no it doesn't matter andrea <laughs> your wife already said yes i'm sorry <laughs> i'm then cleared with the boss yeah this was I, weird no it didn't it didn't it land seemed, the way i wanted yeah it. I no it just didn't we'll just didn't quite cut. come together oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, our children you know, <laughs> joke needs work, clearly. What, so. You know, I just felt like... Cause for, like I don't imagine Tom Brady showing any mercy to, any mercy to small children in a competitive match true. of it's any true. type. No. So well, it's I, just... Like they say, from, you know, he's he's from the J to the N and everything in between. <laughs> that's what my position was. <laughs> so. All right. We'll seamlessly transition into this day in Bill's headlines now for December 18th. And we will start off with December 18th of 2018, one year ago. It says, Blank's work for everything that I have mentality endears him to Bill's coaches. Got a soft spot for him the way he works, Ryan Dable said. 100% all the time out at practice on the look team. So this is a running back who is undrafted in 2018 out of Texas A&M. We don't have any of the running backs from last year anymore. That, <laughs> that is correct. There's right, so now I got to I got to think of who it is. Um, His Bills career was 21 carries for 79 yards. He was he cut a he started a game when LaShawn McCoy was late for a meeting. So this guy got the start. He was cut on May 30th of 2019. Uh, he did spend training camp with the Pack and Colts, but is not landed on a roster. Um. Stephen Hauschka. Hmm. If you want to, okay. If you th- for his name, think of the leader of the Voltron Lion faction and a car manufacturer. Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. Abraham. Did you guys not watch Voltron growing up? Oh, I man. did, but I can't remember. I, I yeah, can remember. I can remember. Oh no, I can remember Pidge. And I can yes. remember. Yes, Hunk. Pidge was in there. Hunk was in there. Princess I can't remember Laura the, was in there. I guess I can't remember the guy who led it because you know he's the Cyclops of Voltron, and nobody likes Cyclops. 
I I I like this guy. All right, the running back's name is Keith Ford. Keith Ford. Keith Ford. Okay. Yeah, Keith, Keith was all right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Who was the one that turned evil for a while? He was, or he went. The, remember, because if you remember in the first episode, the Blue Lion had a dude. Oh, uh, yeah. There that, was there was Sven, but just, I think there was Sven who was like in a coma in the U.S. version, but was killed in the in the Japanese version. Right. Uh, and yeah, I think Lance turned evil for a little bit, but he was he came back to the bright side. Lance. I've got uh, we'll, we'll I could do a Voltron podcast. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's move on to 2017. You need to get your. <clears throat> Uh, you need to get your flammables in your head right now. So here we go. 2017, tailgating fire consumes Lexus before Bill's final home game. All right. Orchard Park police said that they were called to a private parking lot with a report of a fire at 12.22 p.m. They found a 2010 Lexus engulfed in flames. The volunteer fire company responded and extinguished the blaze, which police said appeared to have started when someone placed a blank under the parked car. A Molotov. Not a Molotov. A grill. Barbecue a grill. grill. A hot grill. Scott Appleton knows his tailgating, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So I guess I was... tailgate harder than everybody else. Yeah. All right. We're going to go back to 2016 now. This guy was recently an answer, but we're bringing him up again because I think you'll probably have forgotten. Uh, 2015. Blank graded is the worst inside linebacker in the NFL by Pro Football Focus. He Matt says, I've, I've heard about that. Nope. Uh, no, I've heard about that. Can't, can't really be critical over somebody's grade. They don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. He was a 24 round three pick uh, by the Bills out of Louisville. Oh, um, um, uh, spent four years with the team. Played 2018 and half of 2019 with the Bengals. Uh, he was cut and played brief, briefly with the Raiders this year before being signed by the Jaguars a week ago today. It's too early or too late for Arthur Motes. Yep, just too late. Yeah. Motes he's he's on it. He's on the he's on the field with Zach Brown in my head. Right. I don't think he's in. I don't think he is Zach Brown. He is not Zach Brown, but he's half Zach Brown. Yeah, He's Brown. Preston Brown. Preston Brown. Preston Brown. That's what it was. Yes. Thank you, Frank. Right. As the alley and the oop. <laughs> All right. Wee. We're going to do another non-player question. 2014, Buffalo Bills have a blank percent chance of making AFC playoffs. I'll give you the context. At this point, the eight and six, the Bills are eight and six with road games with the Raiders and Patriots. And it says the biggest factors working against the Bills are the fact that they don't hold the tiebreaker over any of the other teams fighting for the wild card spot. And they have to play on the road with New England in week 17. And they blow the game against the Raiders, right? Because this yeah. is the year right. they and just beat the Green Bay. They the Packers, to go on the road but... and beat New England after blowing it to the Raiders. I'll say a they have a 6% chance. All right, Scott. Uh, I don't know. Four. 14 is the correct answer. So <laughs> you guys combine here. You, you were a little bit pessimistic, but on the right track. All right. 2011 winner today could lose blank. Now this is referring to a player expected to be available uh, in the draft position that the losing team would have. Um, they say I'd much rather see blank playing for the bills and for the AFC East rival dolphins for the next five plus seasons. 
the Bills had entered this game at five and eight and lose to the Dolphins to drop to five and nine. And my hint would be, you know, even if they'd lost out and finished at five and 11, they would not have had a high enough draft position to pick this player. So this is 2014? 2011. We've gone back to now. 2011. 2011. I will give a hint that his current team played and beat the Bills this year, but he did not play. So that would be the Eagles. It would be the Patriots. It would be the Browns. And it would be the um, Ravens. Yes, it is from Um, one of those teams. Someone we all know. Not an obscure player by any stretch. All right. Um, I am... Uh, ...by the fact that, you know, where we all generally live. Uh, Adolphus Washington. <laughs> that so he a, did play for the Bills. Yes, um, he did. The Very popular player in this area. Virginia for, Wolf. Virginia Wolf. I'm sticking with Virginia Wolf. All right. Uh, I'll just say he was a very popular player in D.C. for several years. Second overall pick, Baylor University. Oh, Robert Griffin the third. Robert Griffin the third. Okay. Quarterback mm. Mar Jackson. That's right. That's right. All right. 2009. Bills blank find fifty thousand dollars. Bills guard blank. Two days after Buffalo claimed him off waivers from St. Louis, has been fined $50,000 for two unnecessary roughness penalties from last week's Rams-Titans game for headbutting Sean Derrick, send Derrick Marks in the first half. He did the same thing to Vincent Fuller later in the half, then was benched by coach Steve Spagnuolo. Wait, so the Bills cut him? He was cut by, he played in the St. Louis-Tennessee game for St. Louis. Okay. Headbutting guys and they got benched by his coach and cut that week then the bills picked him up and two days after the bills picked him up he was fined fifty thousand dollars oh so he didn't get fined with the bills it was it was right. as a result he had of to pay the fine while the bill but the fine the the infraction that resulted in the fine occurred while he was with the rams <clears throat> so a guard for the anthony, ram no that's anthony hargrove was a, a ram but he was defensive player um, a guard for the Rams who went to the Bills in 2009 at the end of the season. Man, no, I got nothing. He will be, uh, he will be at the Eric Wood Roast uh, that's coming incognito? up. Richie Incognito. Yeah, I part, I part see, one. I thought it was Incognito, but yeah. damn he it. Had, oh, because that was before he... In 2009, before he went away and came yes. back again. Yeah, right. he, basically, they, he basically ghosted after that, and then, okay. Pisses me All off. Right. I was gonna say him, and I was like, no, it was too early. It sounded like Incognito, but you're like me. You're thinking exactly. Well, yeah. just Ooh, who would headbutt two players? Oh yeah, Richie <laughs> Incognito and played guard. All right, uh, 2006. Blanks <laughs> play one of season's best. Bills. Not, <laughs> Bills. Uh, not just the best play of the quarter, maybe the best of the season. Blank crashed through a host of Miami defenders en route to a 27-yard score. So this guy caught a pass and bowled over. Just a bunch of people. It was a great highlight for this player. We would have watched this game together. The Bills actually did win. And this player did not have all that many highlights with the Bills. But he's a name we all know. Was it Marshawn? was not Marshawn. I should know they didn't have any highlights anywhere because the Bills were the only team he played for. Okay, that helps a little. 
wide receiver, played with the team for a number of seasons, more than one contract. Josh Reed. Josh Reed. There we go. All right. He bowl over anyone. He was five. He did. You watch it. If you could always Google Josh Reed, 2007 Dolphins, and there's a highlight. And it's he uh, actually was really good at breaking tackles. The problem was he often didn't have to do it because he would have dropped the ball beforehand. He dropped the ball before he caught right. it. Yeah. But he did a good job on this. All right. 2001. Bills recognize blank for sportsmanship. Voted the team's Ed Block Courage Award winner Tuesday. Blank was noted for his charitable efforts and perseverance in returning to the Bills lineup after breaking his leg last August. This guy played from the Bills from 1993 to 2001. Uh, he was a 10th round draft pick. Yes, the NFL used to have that many rounds out of Tulsa. And uh, did I not copy and paste that one damn thing that was like the biggest hint of all? I did not. I'm going to Google him and hope I don't uh, Zool because I got it right on his Wikipedia page. And here we go. He played 106 games, eight years in the NFL, all with the Bills. He started 102 games at the center, offensive guard, and offensive tackle positions. So a jack-of-all-trade lineman. Sounds like a Craig Urbic to me, but I think we're too far back. Yeah, yeah that's weird. The 2001 is like... Who's the Craig so, Urbic of 2001? Well, so that's like the line with like John Fina probably and Logan Brown. I don't think those are the answers, right? Yeah, yeah Ruben. Be, yeah. Ruben Brown, about sorry. To say, Frank? I was going to say it could be John Fina because I think uh, Paul okay. likes to. I do maybe, like to throw him in there. This is a guy yeah. we've talked about before. I think Frank has guessed him at points in the past. Who is the. Who is the. Um, Oh man, I, House I, Ballard, he's gone by now. I'm trying. I'm like, I'm working from both ends here. I'm working from the '90s up and the 2000s like down. Before Trey Teague, yep. Before started I, during the Kelly era, ended during the Rob Johnson Van Pelt era that preceded Drew Bledsoe, who retired on Ooh. August of 2002. This is gonna annoy me, uh, but I'm yeah, just gonna can, say, you know what? Mel I think I, no, it's uh, not. I can kind of see. Did you say Reuben Brown? Did we say Reuben Brown? We did. Yeah, yeah. I said Reuben yeah. Brown. That's not him. All right. Um, not you know. I'll give name, up. His last name ends the same way mine does. All well, right. it's spelled differently, but all right. We're just gonna give you the answer. Jerry Please. Ostrowski. Uh, Jerry Ostrowski. Yeah. All right. Sure. Okay. All right. Yeah. Two thousand blank. Kidding. Able to weather Bill's storm. Sunday's weather was awful, even by Western New York standards. The air was filled with a strange snow-sleet-ice combination that blanketed the field by halftime, made the artificial turf slippery. But Blank's field goal allowed the Patriots to top the Bills in overtime as the weather made itself felt. Blank's field goal in... 2000 allowed the Patriots to top the Bills in overtime. Steve Christie's long gone. Right. Right. Remember, this guy is this person was kicking against the Bills. Oh, right. Oh, my bad. Sorry. But it probably. Patriot. Oh, you know what? It's it's important, though. Like, it's not a good question unless it's important. Right. Like it's. it's yeah. I remember there was a question I had about a uh, a Colts player in the snow game. Like Vanderjack. No, that's a good guess. But he was uh, not. He Colts. would have been on the Colts then. Gostkowski. Right. Is it? Is it Vinatieri? Vinatieri, Adam Vinatieri, yes. I was going to note that he was, uh, yeah, so it was pay- field goal for the Patriots. Like a rookie, yeah. practically, geez. Yep, so and this was 19 years ago today, 
And I think he's about the only player from 19 years ago today who was playing in the NFL uh, that is still active today uh, and can be a trivia question. All right, this one is my favorite, and I have no idea if you guys are going to be great on this one and get it immediately or if it's going to be a struggle. 1999, 20 years ago today. Is it now blank the blank? Question mark. So let me give you some context. The eight and five Bills are heading to Arizona to play the Cardinals on Sunday night football on ESPN. Jake the Snake. Ah, Jake yes. Fitz, Jake Plummer. Now the title. Ref- yeah, okay, okay. So the title refers to the Cards QB, who Scott may have, in fact, said the name of. Right, who okay. Claim for leading the team to its first playoff berth in 16 years the prior season, but who at this point in time seem to be getting exposed by teams, and this headline is pondering if his success is, in fact, fraudulent. Is it Jake the Fake? Jake the Fake. Jake the Fake. Jake the Fake. Good job. Uh, that's kind of an inside joke. The Well, it is an inside joke for all of us when we were still drinking a lot at the bar and watching games, and the Bills were playing <laughs> Jake. And Frank imagined every scenario possible in I mean, creative yeah. situations with Jake Plummer. You guys helped. It was good. Right. It was a fun time. He was a um, throw doctor. Jake the Trake. That's the kind of stuff we were exposed to for three hours. Yes. All right. 1988, last one, gentlemen. Colts rally to beat Bills but lose playoff berth. So this is uh, this is going to be the Colts quarterback. Colts quarterback Blank, who lost his starting job after the first game of the season, completed touchdown passes in the fourth quarter on drives covered 80 and 75 yards to lead the Colts from a 14-3 fourth quarter deficit to a 17-14 win. He entered the game late in the third quarter when Chris Chandler was injured and completed 10 of 15 passes for 89 yards. However, the Colts were eliminated when Cleveland rallied to beat Houston later that afternoon, but the comeback dropped the Bills to 12-4 and four and cost them home field advantage throughout the playoffs, which cost them because they ended up losing on the road in Cincinnati in the AFC Conference, uh, AFC title game. So it would be the quarterback before Jeff George. Right. right Jeff George Jeff- was like 91 or 92. Right. Now, I have another and, big hint if you guys okay. remember or have watched the TV show, show Survivor. In 2005, he was a contestant on Survivor Guatemala, the 11th season of the show. He kept his professional sports pass a secret and even sneakily claimed that he was a landscaper named Gary Hawkins. Unfortunately for him, his plan failed when another contestant who worked in sports radio recognized him immediately. He was the 12th person voted off on day 30. Oh, if only I had watched Survivor. Oh, well, then yeah. Before. So I'll give you a hint. It's not Jack Trudeau, who is the other quarterback. This guy, um, he, is, he was a big ruffling the feathers from a labor perspective type of guy as you know, wanted the salaries to increase. His pro stats were impressive. He started uh, 37 games, played 79, most of them with Dallas and Indianapolis, had an 18 and 19 record as a starter. So he had some measure of success and uh, did in fact uh, play in the playoffs for Dallas in 82. Uh, no, I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm, you're going to say this name, and I'm going to know it, and I'm going to. You might, knock, but you might yeah. not do. So here it comes. It's I'm going to say Fred Hogan. Durst. Oh, Fred Durst, oh. Limp Bizkit. Good guess. Gary Gary Hogaboom. No, I don't oh, know nothing. Gary All right, I wasn't sure. I remembered watching that game at my uncle's house, but that was a a key game uh, that that happened 31. Yeah, 31 years ago today. Man, I'm old. And that was the Stainville's headlines for December 18th. 
thank you as always for putting the most effort into any segment <laughs> on our show. I didn't it's know really he had music. I didn't bother to come up with this day. I only thought this. of that at the last minute when I'm like, well, once I'm going to steal the Ric Flair intro and, and, you know, do it, I should probably get the music because it's going to help set the mood. Um, speaking of that son of a bitch, Tom Brady is, uh, is hosting the Buffalo Bills this Saturday. Um, in a nationally televised game, if you have cable, um, which you should, most of us do. I don't. Paul doesn't, but a lot of people do. Anyway, or go to a bar. Yeah. Or, or, or I'm going to, I'm going to a buddy's like, house who has cable to watch it. So we all have our strategies. Um, but the, the 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 presumptive best player ever at the position of quarterback, not having his typical year this year, going into Week 15. Um, struggling yes yes i'm looking at his stats it's still i mean it's struggling by tom brady standards it's still 21 touchdowns and seven interceptions and 3600 yards he's been sacked 26 times a lot of it you know averaging 250 yards a game so you know it's part of the steady decline you know part of his part of his his decline and certainly more importantly um, than all of that, it's the offense isn't really scoring because there's no one to throw to. There's no one that really runs the football. It's kind of just Tom Brady making some things happen, and even he really can't make some things happen. And without Julian Edelman, it gets really bad. Um, and they're kind of they're kind of the Bills on the decline, right? The 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 passing ships in the nights. The hopefully that the the Buffalo Bills are on the ascent. With a quarterback and defense that should be good for a little while or reasonable, and and the Patriots are in their in their swan song, and uh, as was said on the radio t- this week, you have an opportunity to end him, um, <laughs> and not even necessarily like break all the bones in his body, but you could have a soul-shattering like kick in the ass um, this week against the, the the Patriots. It raises a lot of interesting questions. They're 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 seven-point underdogs. These Buffalo Bills. You know, they only lost by six at home, and that was in week three. Um, you would expect, I would, at least I would expect, the Bills to be in a slightly better position this time around. They certainly have a matured defense, uh, as we, we touched on earlier. I think in the first game, you didn't really have Devin Singletary, or at least Devin Singletary at, at full tilt. Um, you have Josh Allen, who uh, turned over the ball quite a bit in that game, and then from there has really shaped up overall if you look at it at the at the body of his work um he's been a, a, at least a not a turnover machine he's found a bit of his offensive groove back uh certainly not pretending that they're an offensive juggernaut but as we saw this week they can do enough to win paul or paul do you want yep. no, you did a lot of talking scott sure. do you, do you want to take the sure. first chair whack here at the at the the patriots do you dare pick the bills uh can you put any of this into context? Is the division on the line for real, or is that a paper lion? Um, go for it. A, a paper lion? Paper, no, it's yes, not a it's, paper lion. Okay. <laughs> it well, is now. The tiger is extinct. Is going extinct. That, so that's let's go a good there. answer then. See? Um, so yeah, it's definitely not a paper lion. Um, so yeah, this is a super tough one because it's definitely, if you asked me if the Bills were playing a quarterback, a team like the Patriots right now, who was not did not have the names Patriots on the front of their jerseys and were coached by Bill Belichick and were playing at Foxborough Stadium. I'd say the score of this game is like 
the Bills on a walk. Like, like 20, 27, 10. Like, not even, like, it's just that simple. Because there's literally, like, yeah, the Pats have a good defense, but the Steelers had a good defense too. And the Bills were two or three plays from that that being really more uh, a, a game that they would have walked away with as well. Um, even if you're a bit more conservative, the, the Bills should probably will comfortably. So um, if you're dealing in this world where Belichick isn't the coach of the Patriots, but mm-hmm. functionally that's, that's really what he is at this point because he's been the coach there for 20 years um, and he's really good. Um, I did, I did just quickly Google Frank's thing. I did not know that Edelman apparently is dealing with a, with a, a knee tendon issue. And he had two catches on like four targets for like nine yards on Sunday. And he's mm-hmm. the best receiver the Patriots have probably. Um, so if he's injured, it's like, boy, that's even, it's really like, that's just who he goes to now. Everybody else. Sanu is, is doing terrible. He got a rookie out there. He doesn't know what the hell he's <laughs> Doing it in Keel Harry. So you just don't know how they're going to score many points. So, okay. So if the New England offense gets them 10 points, maybe that would be an improvement over what they got the first time the Bills got them. But I think we can give them at least, you know, and they, they, yeah, you know, maybe they get a special teams touchdown or a defensive touchdown that gets them another seven. So the Bills really have to score about 21 points in this game. I don't think that they will. I think I'll say that the Bills get. I'm going to go Patriots 17 and uh, Bills 16. Uh, I'd say, I'd say, I, though, I will say this. This could be still the one where the Bills end Brady. Like, this could be the last hurrah of Brady. And he's harassed. They sack him seven times. He throws two interceptions and fumbles another time. And, you know, he plays terrible. And they get, you know, two two cheap plays and they yeah, it's it it's it's the ultimate Pyrrhic victory. It's like, yes, we've won the AFC East, but what have we lost? And mm-hmm. then and then and then and then this the stage is set for 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 who knows what happens in the playoffs. Yeah, it's, it could be the Bills, you know, did the same with Joe Montana's career, knocked him out of the game a couple of times, and that was it for for Joe. I'd like to see them do it to Tom too. I like Scott did the whole Gollum Smeagol thing with this game. It was, Oh, the bills are a much improved team with a great defense. And then, but the Patriots also have an even better defense. It's given up a ridiculously absurd low number of points. And, <laughs> you know, Tom Brady's kind of on his last legs, but the bills are still developing offense and they don't really have much to counter with right now. Uh, but this was a really tough call for me. <laughs> as well ultimately i also picked the patriots in this one i'm picking them 15 to 10 uh you know that could that could be a number of ways that that score is reached i think the bills can very well win this game and it could be the end of brady but we saw bill belichick always has you know an answer for a lot of things the bills struggled to score points against the patriots i think it won't be unlike the steelers game where Josh Allen is improved and doesn't make mistakes like he made in the first meeting, but it's going to be tough for them to drive the ball downfield and make points. And they're not going to be able to take advantage. I think of all the turnovers that duck Hodges gave them this past week. So my final, like I said, Patriots 15 bills, 10, and let's, let's hope we both go, both are wrong. Yeah. Do you know why we have big heels? It's so that our faces can be great. (laughs) And I think this is it. 
I'm going to go with it, guys. I think the Bills' defense is pumped and ready. I think they got something to prove. And I think until they can get back into Baltimore, they're going to take it out on the Patriots. And I think they are going to get to Tom Brady. I think the days of Tom Brady throwing at the legs of running backs to avoid sacks are over. I think they're going to get to him. I think Ed Oliver is going to go off. I don't know why. I just had a flash of Ed Oliver squashing Tom Brady. And I think that, you know, they have had a bucket list. This team has had a bucket list for a couple of years. And it's been build a locker room a certain way, play a certain way, establish a certain thing. And in this year, you can see the progression too. Okay, have an offense that's at least willing to do these things. Progress on fourth down. Be able to win on the road. Be able to do this. And this is one of the big ones. This is kind of the... the the end of the old business, right? If we were if we were at a, a meeting or if we were perhaps yes. in a, a judicious congressional body, we would have some old business to handle. And this is this is the last of it. This is the final grudge match before we can move on to, you know, contend. And I think that the Bills are going to be ready to do it. I think they're going to be pumped. I think that you've got the Patriots in a position that they are not used to being in, where they're not in control at this point of the of the season. Technically, they are like barely in control, but this is, you know, put the scare of God into them. And so I think the Bills are going to win. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be 23 to 13. I think it's going to feel closer throughout the game, but I think Buffalo is going to smother the offense again. And I think that they're going to bring in the guy to the to help block on the on the punts. And I think they're going to have one or two plays that are going to be kind of good. And I think they're going to they're going to put away the Patriots and it's going to make for a very interesting week 17. And if you'd like to join us in week 17 and even this Saturday for week 16, um, you can do so. M-N-Y Bills. That's the new Twitter handle. M-N-Y Bills. Uh, Facebook.com B-Bills M-N-Y still. Sorry. Um, and B-Bills M-N-Y at Gmail. Not that we ever look at our email. Um but you can search Buffalo Bills maybe next year. You can find the podcast. You can share it with your friends. I will endeavor to get the damn uh, road pod up on the on the on the on the the airwaves. There there's a big important announcement which we didn't cover here. Maybe we'll cover it soon. But we did cover it in the road pod. We talk British politics. Um, we talk a lot of things, <laughs> and so uh, it's exciting and it's a lot of fun. Origin story. Yes. Origin stories. All sorts of stuff. Um, and there's, there's more to be, more to be had, but until then, uh, thank you so much. I don't know what next week is going to look like with the podcast, given, given the, the holiday, um, we will find time to podcast before the Jets game, but I don't know when that will be. So if we don't speak to you, uh, and you celebrate Christmas, I would like to wish you a Merry Christmas. Uh, if not, please have a nice week anyway. Uh, I hope you have a great Wednesday until then. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everyone.